In any kind of relationship, we can make the assumption that others know what we think and we don't have to say what we want. They're going to do what we want because they know us so well. If they don't do what we want, what we assume they should do, we feel hurt and think, how could you do that? You should know. Again, we make the assumption that the other person knows what we want. A whole drama is created because we make this assumption and then put more assumptions on top of it. It is very interesting how the human mind works. We have the need to justify everything, to explain and understand everything in order to feel safe. We have millions of questions that need answers because there are so many things that the reasoning mind cannot explain. It is not important if the answer is correct. Just the answer itself makes us feel safe. This is why we make assumptions. If others tell us something, we make assumptions. And if they don't tell us something, we make assumptions to fulfill our need to know and to replace the need to communicate. Even if we hear something and we don't understand, we make assumptions about what it means and then believe the assumptions. We make all sorts of assumptions because we don't have the courage to ask questions. These assumptions are made so fast and unconsciously most of the time because we have agreements to communicate this way. We have agreed that it is not safe to ask questions. We have agreed that if people love us, they should know what we want or how we feel. When we believe something, we assume we are right about it to the point that we will destroy relationships in order to defend our position. We make the assumption that everyone sees life the way we do. We assume that others think the way we think, feel the way we feel, judge the way we judge, and abuse the way we abuse. This is the biggest assumption that humans make. And this is why we have a fear of being ourselves around others. Because we think everyone else will judge us, victimize us, abuse us, and blame us as we do ourselves. So even before others have a chance to reject us, we have already rejected ourselves. That is the way the human mind works. We also make assumptions about ourselves. And this creates a lot of inner conflict. We overestimate or underestimate ourselves because we haven't taken the time to ask ourselves questions and to answer them. Perhaps you need to gather more facts about a particular situation. Or maybe you need to stop lying to yourself about what you truly want. Often when you go into a relationship with someone you like, you have to justify why you like that person. You only see what you want to see and you deny there are things you don't like about that person. Then you make assumptions and one of the assumptions is my love will change this person. But this is not true. Your love will not change anybody. If others change, it's because they want to change, not because you can change them. Real love is accepting other people the way they are without trying to change them. If we try to change them, this means we don't really like them. Find someone whom you don't have to change at all. It is much easier to find someone who is already the way you want him or her to be instead of trying to change that person. Also, that person must love you just the way you are, so he or she doesn't have to change you at all. If others feel they have to change you, that means they really don't love you just the way you are. So why be with someone if you're not the way he or she wants you to be? We have to be what we are, so we don't have to present a false image. 
Just imagine the day that you stop making assumptions with your partner and eventually with everyone else in your life. The way you communicate will change completely and your relationships will no longer suffer from conflicts created by mistaken assumptions. One way to keep yourself from making assumptions is to ask questions. Make sure the communication is clear. If you don't understand, ask. Have the courage to ask questions until you are clear as you can be. And even then, do not assume you know all there is to know about a given situation. Once you hear the answer, you will not have to make assumptions because you will know the truth. Also, find your voice to ask for what you want. Everybody has the right to tell you no or yes, but you always have the right to ask. Likewise, everybody has the right to ask you, and you have the right to say yes or no. If you don't understand something, it is better for you to ask and be clear instead of making an assumption. The day you stop making assumptions, you will communicate cleanly and clearly, free of emotional poison. Without making assumptions, your word becomes impeccable. With clear communication, all of your relationships will change, not only with your partner, but with everyone else. You won't need to make assumptions because everything will become clear. This is what I want. This is what you want. If we communicate in this way, our word becomes impeccable. If all humans could communicate with impeccability of the word, there would be no wars, no violence, no misunderstandings. All human problems would be resolved if we could just have good, clear communication. This, then, is the third agreement. Don't make assumptions. Just saying this sounds easy, but it is difficult to do. It is difficult because we so often do exactly the opposite. We have all these habits and routines that we are not even aware of. Becoming aware of these habits and understanding the importance of this agreement is the first step. But understanding its importance is not enough. Information or an idea is merely the seed in your mind. What will really make the difference is action. Taking the action over and over again strengthens your will, nurtures the seed, and establishes a solid foundation for the new habit to grow. After many repetitions, these new agreements will become second nature, and you will see how the magic of your word transforms you from a black magician into a white magician. A white magician uses the word for creation, giving, sharing, and loving. By making this one agreement a habit, your whole life will be completely transformed. When you transform your whole dream, magic just happens in your life. What you need comes to you easily because spirit moves freely through you. This is the mastery of intent, the mastery of love and gratitude, and the mastery of life. This is the goal of the Toltec. This is the path to personal freedom. The fourth agreement, always do your best. There is just one more agreement, but it's the one that allows the other three to become deeply ingrained habits. The fourth agreement is about the action of the first three. Always do your best. Under any circumstance, always do your best. No more and no less.
But keep in mind that your best is never going to be the same from one moment to the next. Everything is alive and changing all the time, so your best will sometimes be high quality, and other times it will not be as good. When you wake up refreshed and energized in the morning, your best will be better than when you're tired at night. Your best will be different when you're healthy as opposed to sick or sober as opposed to drunk. Your best will depend on whether you're feeling wonderful and happy or angry and upset. In your everyday moods, your best can change from one moment to another, from one hour to the next, from one day to another. Your best will also change over time. As you build the habit of the four new agreements, your best will become better than it used to be. Regardless of the quality, keep doing your best. No more and no less than your best. If you try too hard to do more than your best, you will spend more energy than is needed, and in the end, your best will not be enough. When you overdo, you deplete your body and go against yourself, then it takes you longer to accomplish your goal. But if you do less than your best, you subject yourself to frustrations, self-judgment, guilt, and regrets. Just do your best. In any circumstance in your life, it doesn't matter if you're sick or tired. If you always do your best, there is no way you can judge yourself. And if you don't judge yourself, there is no way you're going to suffer from guilt, blame, and self-punishment. By always doing your best, you will break a big spell that you have been under. Doing your best, you're going to live your life intensely. You're going to be productive. You're going to be good to yourself. Because you will be giving yourself to your family, to your community, to everything. When you always do your best, you take action. And it is the action that is going to make you feel intensely happy. Doing your best is taking the action because you love it, not because you're expecting a reward. Most people do exactly the opposite. They only take action when they expect a reward, and they don't enjoy the action. And that's the reason why they don't do their best. For example, most people go to work every day just thinking of payday and the money they will get from the work they're doing. They can hardly wait for Friday or Saturday, whatever day they receive their money and can take time off. They're working for the reward, and as a result, they resist work. They try to avoid the action, and it becomes more difficult, and they don't do their best. They work so hard all week long, suffering the work, suffering the action, not because they like to, but because they feel they have to. They have to work because they have to pay the rent, because they have to support their family. They have all that frustration, and when they do receive their money, they are unhappy. They have two days to rest, to do what they want to do, and what do they do? They try to escape. They get drunk because they don't like themselves. They don't like their life. There are many ways that we hurt ourselves when we don't like who we are. On the other hand, if you take action just for the sake of doing it, without expecting a reward, you'll find that you enjoy every action you do. Rewards will come, but you're not attached to the reward. You can even get more than you would have imagined for yourself without expecting a reward. When you do your best, you don't give the judge the opportunity to find you guilty or to blame you. If you've done your best and the judge tries to judge you according to your book of laws, you've got the answer. I did my best. There are no regrets. That is why we always do our best. 
It is not an easy agreement to keep, but this agreement is really going to set you free. When you do your best, you learn to accept yourself, but you have to be aware and learn from your mistakes. Learning from your mistakes means you practice, look honestly at the results, and keep practicing. This increases your awareness. Do your best because you want to do it, not because you have to do it, not because you are trying to please the judge, and not because you are trying to please other people. If you take action because you have to, then there's no way you're going to do your best. Then it's better not to do it. Action is about living fully. Inaction is the way that we deny life. Inaction is sitting in front of the television every day for years because you're afraid to be alive and take the risk of expressing what you are. Expressing what you are is taking action. You can have many great ideas in your head, but what makes the difference is the action. Without action upon an idea, there will be no manifestation, no results, and no reward. A good example of this comes from the story about Forrest Gump. He didn't have great ideas, but he took action. He was happy because he always did his best at whatever he did. He was richly rewarded without expecting any reward at all. Taking action is being truly alive. It's taking the risk to go out and express your dream. This is different than imposing your dream on someone else because everyone has the right to express his or her dream. God is life in action. The best way to say, I love you, God, is to live your life doing your best. The best way to say, thank you, God, is by letting go of the past and living in the present moment, right here and now. Whatever life takes away from you, let it go. When you surrender and let go of the past, you allow yourself to be fully alive in the moment. Letting go of the past means you can enjoy the dream that is happening right now. If you live in a past dream, you don't enjoy what is happening right now because you'll always wish it to be different than it is. There is no time to miss anyone or anything because you are alive. Not enjoying what is happening right now is living in the past and being only half alive. This leads to self-pity, suffering, and tears. You were born with the right to be happy. You were born with the right to love, to enjoy, and to share your love. You are alive, so take your life and enjoy it. Don't resist life passing through you, because that is God passing through you. Just to be, to take a risk and enjoy your life, is all that matters. Say no when you want to say no, and yes when you want to say yes. You have the right to be you, but you can only be you when you do your best. When you don't do your best, you're denying yourself the right to be you. That's a seed that you should really nurture in your mind. You don't need knowledge or great philosophical concepts. You don't need the acceptance of others. You need to express your own divinity by being alive and by loving yourself and others. The first three agreements will only work if you do your best. Don't expect that you will always be able to be impeccable with your word. Your routine habits are too strong and firmly rooted in your mind, but you can do your best. 
Don't expect that you will never take anything personally. Just do your best. Don't expect that you will never make another assumption, but you can certainly do your best. By doing your best, the habits of misusing your word, taking things personally, and making assumptions will become weaker and less frequent with time. You don't need to judge yourself, feel guilty, or punish yourself if you cannot keep these agreements. If you do your best, always, over and over again, you will become a master of transformation. You are a master of speaking your language because you practiced. Everything you have ever learned, you learned through repetition. You learned to write, to drive, and even to walk by repetition. Practice makes the master. By doing your best, you become a master. Action is what makes the difference. If you do your best in the search for personal freedom, in the search for self-love, you will discover that it's just a matter of time before you find what you're looking for. It's not about daydreaming or sitting for hours dreaming in meditation. You have to stand up and be a human. You have to honor the man or woman that you are. Respect your body, enjoy your body, love your body, feed, clean, and heal your body. Exercise and do what makes your body feel good. Your own body is a manifestation of God, and if you honor your body, everything will change for you. When you practice giving love to every part of your body, you plant seeds of love in your mind, and when they grow, you will love, honor, and respect your body immensely. Every action then becomes a ritual in which you are honoring God. After that, the next step is honoring God with every thought, every emotion, every belief. Every thought becomes a communion with God, and you will live a dream without judgments, victimization, and free of the need to gossip and abuse yourself. The Four Agreements are a summary of the mastery of transformation, one of the masteries of the Toltec. When you honor these four agreements together, there is no way that you will live in hell. If you are impeccable with your word, if you don't take anything personally, if you don't make assumptions, if you always do your best, then you are going to have a beautiful life. The dream of the planet will be transformed into your personal dream of heaven. The knowledge is there. It's just waiting for you to use it. The four agreements are there. You just need to adopt these agreements and respect their meaning and power. Just do your best to honor these agreements. They are so simple and logical that even a child can understand them. But you must have a very strong will, a very strong will, to keep these agreements. Why? Because wherever we go, we find that our path is full of obstacles. Everyone tries to sabotage our commitment to these new agreements, and everything around us is a setup for us to break them. The problem is all the other agreements that are a part of the dream of the planet. They are alive, and they are very strong. That's why you need to be a great hunter, a great warrior who can defend these four agreements with your life. Your happiness, your freedom, your entire way of living depends on it. The warrior's goal is to transcend this world, to escape from this hell and never come back. As the Toltecs teach us, 
The reward is to transcend the human experience of suffering, to become the embodiment of God. That is the reward. We really need to use every bit of power we have to succeed in keeping these agreements. So if you fall, do not judge. Do not give your judge the satisfaction of turning you into a victim. No, be tough with yourself. Stand up and make the agreement again. Okay, I broke my agreement to be impeccable with my word. I will start all over again. And just for today, I will be impeccable with my word. Do not be concerned about the future. Keep your attention on today and stay in the present moment. You can do it if you live just one day at a time. If you break an agreement, begin again tomorrow and again the next day. It will be difficult at first, but each day will become easier and easier until one day you will discover that you are ruling your life with these four agreements, and you will be surprised at the way your life has been transformed. Always do your best to keep these agreements, and soon it will be easy for you. Today is the beginning of a new dream. The Toltec Path to Freedom Breaking Old Agreements Everyone talks about freedom. All around the world, different people, different races, different countries are fighting for freedom. But what is freedom? In America, we speak of living in a free country. But are we really free? Are we free to be who we really are? The answer is no, we're not free. True freedom has to do with the human spirit. It is the freedom to be who we really are. Who stops us from being free? We blame the government. We blame the weather. We blame our parents, our religion, or God. Who really stops us from being free? We stop ourselves. What does it really mean to be free? Sometimes we get married and we say that we lose our freedom. Then we get divorced and we are still not free. What stops us? Why can't we be ourselves? We have memories of long ago when we used to be free and we loved being free, but we've forgotten what freedom really means. If we see a child who is two or three, perhaps four years old, we find a free human. Why is this human free? Because this human does whatever he or she wants to do. The human is completely wild, just like a flower, a tree, or an animal that has not been domesticated wild. And if we observe humans who are two years old, we find that most of the time these humans have a big smile on their faces and they're having fun. They're exploring the world. They're not afraid to play. They're afraid when they're hurt, when they're hungry, when some of their needs are not met. They don't worry about the past, don't care about the future, and only live in the present moment. Very young children are not afraid to express what they feel. They're so loving that if they perceive love, they melt into love. They are not afraid to love at all. That is the description of a normal human being. As children, we are not afraid of the future or ashamed of the past. Our normal human tendency is to enjoy life, to play, to explore, to be happy, and to love. But what has happened with the adult human? Why are we so different? Why are we not wild? From the point of view of the victim, we can say that something sad happened to us. And from the point of view of the warrior, we can say that what happened to us is normal. 
What has happened is that we have the book of law, the big judge and the victim who rule our lives. We are no longer free because the judge, the victim, and the belief system don't allow us to be who we really are. Once our minds have been programmed with all that garbage, we're no longer happy. This chain of training from human to human, from generation to generation, is perfectly normal in human society. You don't need to blame your parents for teaching you to be like them. What else could they teach you but what they know? They did the best they could. And if they abused you, it was due to their own domestication, their own fears and beliefs. They had no control over the programming they received, so they couldn't have behaved any differently. There is no need to blame your parents or anyone who abused you in your life, including yourself. But it is time to stop the abuse. It is time to free yourself of the tyranny of the judge by changing the foundation of your own agreements. It is time to be free from the role of the victim. The real you is still a little child who never grew up. Sometimes that little child comes out when you're having fun or playing, when you feel happy, when you're painting, writing poetry, playing the piano, or expressing yourself in some way. These are the happiest moments of your life when the real you comes out, when you don't care about the past and you don't worry about the future. You are childlike. But there's something that changes all that. We call them responsibilities. The judge says, wait a second, you're responsible. You have things to do, you have to work, you have to go to school, you have to earn a living. All these responsibilities come to mind. Our face changes and we become serious again. If you watch children when they're playing adults, you'll see their little faces change. Let's pretend I'm a lawyer and right away their faces change. The adult face takes over. We go to court and that is the face we see and that is what we are. We are still children, but we've lost our freedom. The freedom we're looking for is the freedom to be ourselves, to express ourselves. But if we look at our lives, we'll see that most of the time we do things just to please others, just to be accepted by others, rather than living our lives to please ourselves. That is what's happened to our freedom. And we see in our society and all the societies around the world that for every thousand people, 999 are completely domesticated. The worst part is that most of us are not even aware that we are not free. There's something inside us that whispers to us that we are not free, but we do not understand what it is and why we are not free. The problem with most people is that they live their lives and never discover that the judge and the victim rule their mind, and therefore they don't have a chance to be free. The first step toward personal freedom is awareness. We need to be aware that we are not free in order to be free. We need to be aware of what the problem is in order to solve the problem. Awareness is always the first step because if you're not aware, there's nothing you can change. If you're not aware that your mind is full of wounds and emotional poison, you cannot begin to clean and heal the wounds and you'll continue to suffer. There's no reason to suffer. With awareness, you can rebel and say, this is enough. You can look for a way to heal and transform your personal dream. The dream of the planet is just a dream. It is not even real. If you go into the dream and start challenging your beliefs, you'll find that most of the beliefs that guided you into the wounded mind 
are not even true. You'll find that you suffered all those years of drama for nothing. Why? Because the belief system that was put inside your mind is based on lies. That is why it is important for you to master your own dream. That is why the Toltecs became dream masters. Your life is the manifestation of your dream. It is an art. And you can change your life any time if you aren't enjoying the dream. Dream masters create a masterpiece of life. They control the dream by making choices. Everything has consequences, and the dream master is aware of the consequences. To be Toltec is a way of life. It is a way of life where there are no leaders and no followers, where you have your own truth and live your own truth. A Toltec becomes wise, becomes wild, and becomes free again. When we talk about the Toltec path to freedom, we find that they have an entire map for breaking free of domestication. They compare the judge, the victim, and the belief system to a parasite that invades the human mind. From the Toltec point of view, all humans who are domesticated are sick. They are sick because there is a parasite that controls the mind and controls the brain. The food for the parasite are the negative emotions that come from fear. If we look at the description of a parasite, we find that a parasite is a living being who lives off of other living beings, sucking their energy without any useful contribution in return and hurting their host little by little. The judge, the victim, and the belief system fit this description very well. Together, they comprise a living being made of psychic or emotional energy, and that energy is alive. Of course, it's not material energy, but neither are emotions material energy. Our dreams are not material energy either, but we know they exist. One function of the brain is to transform material energy into emotional energy. Our brain is the factory of the emotions, and we have said that the main function of the mind is to dream. The Toltecs believe that the parasite, the judge, the victim, and the belief system has control of your mind. It controls your personal dream. The parasite dreams through your mind and lives its life through your body. It survives on the emotions that come from fear and thrives on drama and suffering. The freedom we seek is to use our own mind and body, to live our own life instead of the life of the belief system. When we discover that the mind is controlled by the judge and the victim and the real us is in the corner, we have just two choices. One choice is to keep living the way we are, to surrender to the judge and the victim, to keep living in the dream of the planet. The second choice is to do what we do as children when parents try to domesticate us. We can rebel and say no. We can declare a war against the parasite, a war against the judge and the victim, a war for our independence, a war for the right to use our own mind and our own brain. That is why in all the shamanic traditions in America, from Canada to Argentina, people call themselves warriors because they are in a war against the parasite in the mind. That is the real meaning of a warrior. The warrior is one who rebels against the invasion of the parasite and declares a war. But to be a warrior doesn't mean we always win the war. We may win or we may lose, but we always do our best and at least we have a chance to be free again. 
choosing this path gives us, at the very least, the dignity of rebellion and ensures that we will not be the helpless victim of our own whimsical emotions or the poisonous emotions of others. Even if we succumb to the enemy, the parasite, we will not be among those victims who would not fight back. At best, being a warrior gives us an opportunity to transcend the dream of the planet and to change our personal dream to a dream that we call heaven. Just like hell, heaven is a place that exists within our mind. It is a place of joy, a place where we are happy, where we are free to love and to be who we really are. We can reach heaven while we're alive. We don't have to wait until we die. God is always present, and the kingdom of heaven is everywhere. But first, we need to have the eyes and ears to see and hear that truth. We need to be free of the parasite. The parasite can be compared to a monster with a thousand heads. Every head of the parasite is one of the fears that we have. If we want to be free, we have to destroy the parasite. One solution is to attack the parasite, head by head, which means we face each of our fears one by one. This is a slow process, but it works. Every time we face one of the fears, we are a little more free. A second approach is to stop feeding the parasite. If we don't give the parasite any food, we kill the parasite by starvation. To do this, we have to gain control of our emotions. We have to refrain from fueling the emotions that come from fear. This is easy to say, but it is very difficult to do. It is difficult because the judge and the victim control our mind. A third solution is called the initiation of the dead. The initiation of the dead is found in many traditions and esoteric schools around the world. We find it in Egypt, India, Greece, and America. This is a symbolic death which kills the parasite without harming our physical body. When we die symbolically, the parasite has to die. This is faster than the first two solutions, but it is even more difficult to do. We need a great deal of courage to face the angel of death. We need to be very strong. Let's take a closer look at each of these solutions. The art of transformation, the dream of the second attention. We've learned that the dream you're living now is the result of the outside dream hooking your attention and feeding you all of your beliefs. The process of domestication can be called the dream of the first attention because it was how your attention was used for the first time to create the first dream of your life. One way to change your beliefs is to focus your attention on all those agreements and beliefs and change the agreements with yourself. In doing this, you're using your attention for the second time, thus creating the dream of the second attention, or the new dream. The difference is that you're no longer innocent. When you were a child, this was not true. You didn't have a choice. But you're no longer a child. Now it's up to you to choose what to believe and what not to believe. You can choose to believe in anything, and that includes believing in yourself. The first step is to become aware of the fog that is in your mind. You must become aware that you are dreaming all the time. Only with awareness do you have the possibility of transforming your dream. If you have the awareness that the whole drama of your life is the result of what you believe, 
and what you believe is not real, then you can begin to change it. However, to really change your beliefs, you need to focus your attention on what it is that you want to change. You have to know which agreements you want to change before you can change them. So the next step is to develop awareness of all the self-limiting, fear-based beliefs that make you unhappy. You take an inventory of all that you believe, all your agreements, and through this process, you begin the transformation. The Totex called this the art of transformation, and it's a whole mastery. You achieve the mastery of transformation by changing the fear-based agreements that make you suffer and reprogramming your own mind in your own way. One of the ways to do this is to explore and adopt alternative beliefs, such as the Four Agreements, 